When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So excited to be with you each and every Saturday Thanks for telling your friends and your family. So much fun. And at 8.15, one of my favorite people, one of the best physical therapists here in Los Angeles is going to be my guest, Martin Schneckenberger from Warrior Physical Therapy. A coincidence, but that's the name of his place. And I can't wait to talk to him about therapy. Martin is special because Martin can do things that other people can't do. He's able to look at body language and cues that are invisible and cater and modify the lesson plan of how to teach you to get better because of who you are as an individual. And man, it made me think all week. You know I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. Those invisible cues. Where do I see that in art? Music therapy. It's, is there is such a thing? There is. And Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a master at it, writing songs to get a message across. They use music therapy in autistic kids. But you don't need to be autistic to need the therapy. And Fred Rogers was a master. And I'll tell you, where in sports, using a sport can be therapy. But first, let's hear from Fred Rogers about the essential thing in life that made him such a master therapist. I have a lot of framed things in my office which people have given to me through the years. And On my walls are Greek and Hebrew and Russian and Chinese. And beside my chair is a French sentence from Saint-Exupéry's Little Prince. It reads... L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. What is essential is invisible to the eye. He's at the 2002 Dartmouth commencement. He's given his speech to all these college graduates. And he's teaching them. My life is all about tapping into what's invisible in life because that's what's essential. And he now tells them, here's a song I wrote for my show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, about that. Listen to him talk you through that song. Well, what is essential about you? And who are those who have helped you become the person you are? Anyone who has ever graduated from a college Anyone who has ever been able to sustain a good work has had at least one person, and often many, who have believed in him or her. We just don't get to be competent human beings without a lot of different investments from others. And here's music therapy. Not singing the song, even though he did on the show, but speaking the lyrics. There's a neighborhood song that is meant for the child in each of us. And I'd like to give you the words of that song right now. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. 
The way you are right now, the way down deep inside you, not the things that hide you, not your caps and gowns, they're just beside you. But it's you I like, every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new. I hope that you remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you I like. And what that ultimately means, of course, is that you don't ever have to do anything sensational for people to love you. When I say it's you I like, I'm talking about that part of you that knows that life is far more than anything you can ever see or hear or touch. It's invisible. In honor of Father's Day, and the idea that a sport can become therapy, I give you this. This is from a tech uh, talk, TED Talk. His name is Travis Suit. Talking about his daughter. My daughter Piper was born on October 5th, 2007. And I'll never forget the first time I looked into those beautiful little blue eyes. And I made a promise to myself that day that I would do anything and everything that I could to protect her and keep her healthy as long as I lived. I never thought it would be a question of how long she lived. By the time Piper was four years old, she was struggling. She had been in and out of the doctors on multiple rounds of antibiotics. And I can remember lying awake in the room next to hers at night, tormented by the sound of this deep, heavy, wet cough that she had. At her next doctor's appointment, it was at that time that they did a chest x-ray which revealed she had pneumonia. This not being common for a four-year-old girl, they suggested that she be tested for cystic fibrosis. And she was. And she was positive. And he flipped out. The love he has for this daughter of his, Piper. But the reason I'm playing this soundbite is we're talking about therapy. Well, can you use a sport? As a therapy? You can use music as a therapy, a la Fred Rogers. You can go to a physical therapist like Martin Schneckenberger. But you also can use a sport as a therapy. And you're about to learn which one. The following days and weeks and months were a roller coaster of emotions, wondering and worrying what Piper's future had in store. Now, I dove into the research and I learned. A lot. I learned that cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease, which means that her mom and I gave this to her, which is incredibly difficult to accept. I would ask you, how many of you know if you're a carrier for a CF gene? I had no idea. Her mom had no idea. At the time, we didn't know that we had this in our family. The next thing I learned was that cystic fibrosis patients have to do hours of therapies every week hundreds of take hundreds of pills every day just to sustain their health i learned that cystic fibrosis basically is an overproduction of mucus inside the body and it affects the digestive system and the respiratory system and like oil in a car mucus in your body helps it function and run properly but when you have an abundance of it especially in the lungs it creates a wet sticky moist environment that if a bad bacteria goes in it can harbor and create all kinds of complications. Mm -hmm. A thousand thoughts can run through your mind when your child has been diagnosed with a terminal disease. One of the questions I had that was really important to me, having grown up being an athlete and being in sports, was, well, beyond the doctor's orders, beyond the therapies, what could Piper do as an activity that would really help her the most? Was it soccer? Was it swimming? What was it? Well, at her first appointment with her CF team, it was when the respiratory therapist walked in the room, really sweet girl, and we asked that question. And she said, something 
absolutely remarkable. <laughs> and here it is. There is a sport that can help your child. Oh, my God. Listen to what he finds out. In the 1990s, there were CF patients in Australia that had been reporting back to their doctor with outstanding results. Their respiratory function high, was higher, their infection rate was lower. And the doctors were asking them, well, what are you doing different? And it was at that time they said, well, you know, we're like down at the beach and we're surfing every day. The light bulb went off. And those doctors and that team put years and millions of dollars into research to determine that breathing salt water through a nebulizer or surfing surfing had a significant improvement in lung function and the most significant thing of all is that it reduced lung exacerbations and infections by 56%, not 10%, not 20%, over 50%. I'll give you the rundown of how somebody with CF, their life works, right? So they're diagnosed. They uh, get an infection that leads to inflammation. Inflammation leads to lung uh, function decrease, which leads to transplant and ultimately death. That's it. That's their path. So if you can prevent an infection, that's amazing, right? So when they breathe salt water, it goes in the sodium chloride table salt, breaks down the sticky mucus in their lungs, hydrates their lungs, and helps provide airway clearance. It's a respiratory therapy by paddling face down, breathing in the salt air. It's what's known as a nebulizer in the hospital. But it's actually what happens when you surf. This, for parents who are going through a time of tremendous sadness and grief, when you're looking for any sliver of hope in the despair, this is a miracle. Right? A natural, therapeutic way for Piper to heal in the surf. Sports therapy. Sport as a therapy. Music as a therapy. Those songs that Fred Rogers wrote and sang. Tapping into those invisible cues. But I got to tell you, probably... What's so fun for me about doing this show for 12 years is the therapy of storytelling. Listen to Fred Rogers tell a story as a way to tap into your invisible cues and therapy. Have you heard my favorite story that came from the Seattle Special Olympics? Well, for the 100-yard dash, there were nine contestants, all of them so-called physically or mentally disabled. All nine of them assembled at the starting line, and at the sound of the gun, they took off. But not long afterward, one little boy stumbled and fell and hurt his knee and began to cry. The other eight children heard him crying. They slowed down, turned around, and ran back to him. Every one of them ran back to him. One little girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed the boy and said, this will make it better. And the little boy got up, and he and the rest of the runners linked their arms together and joyfully walked mm. to the finish line. They all finished the race at the same time. And when they did, everyone in that stadium stood up and clapped and whistled and cheered for a long, long time. What do we learn from this, Fred Rogers? about being a therapist. People who were there are still telling the story with great delight. And you know why. Because deep down, we know that what matters in this life is more than winning for ourselves. What really matters is helping others win too.
even if it means slowing down and changing our course now and then. That's the message. That's the storyteller therapy, music therapy, sport as therapy. And coming up next, we're going to learn from the best about physical therapy with the great Martin Schneckenberger. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, it's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So excited to talk to one of my favorite people in America, let alone Los Angeles, the great Martin Schneckenberger. Martin, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Uh, Good morning, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Very good. Before we get started, where is the new location of your physical therapy place? Well, Warrior Physical Therapy is now a part of Davis and DeRosa Physical Therapy in Hermosa Beach. Okay. Where in Hermosa Beach? The address is 2615 Pacific Coast Highway, Suite 120, Mm. Hermosa Beach, 90254. So I've been in practice for 33 years. I see 100 patients a week, do 500 surgeries a year, about for 33 years. Many of those people are lucky enough to get to meet you, Martin. And when I asked them, I made you schlep to Pasadena. Now I'm going to make them schlep to Hermosa Beach to see you. I can't (laughs) wait to see them back for something else that now hurts. And I say to them, by the way, you've seen physical therapists before. Yes, Dr. Clapper. And thank you so much for sending me to Martin. I look at him. I go, okay, teach me. What the hell does Martin do that the other ones don't do? And I get such pleasure, Martin, when they try to use words to describe intangibles, things that are invisible. They'll say things like, I went to see Martin and I told him my shoulder hurt. And I pointed here and they'll point to the front of their shoulder. But Dr. Clapper, Martin didn't go there. He actually started on my shoulder blade first before he got to where I told him the pain was because he told me it's connected. Your skill set, Martin, in being able to realize that, yes, you're a teacher, you have the lesson plan, but how you are able to modify it for the uniqueness of each and every patient is a gift that you got from God. And I, I want Los Angeles to know about that. So... Martin, first of all, thanks again for making the time. But I want to play the soundbite that kind of kicked this all off. And I want to hear from you what it is that you hear, how you interpret what Fred Rogers is trying to say. I have a lot of framed things in my office, which people have given to me through the years. And on my walls are Greek and Hebrew and Russian and Chinese And beside my chair is a French sentence from Saint-Exupéry's Little Prince. It reads, L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. What is essential is invisible to the eye. How does that relate to what you do and what does that mean to you? Well, thank you for all the compliments. But I, I like what Mr. Rogers said earlier. The what is it, you find out what is essential about the patient. What makes them tick? What what is their desire? And I think the ability to create your therapy based upon that 
helps to keep them motivated to continue to do what they need to do to get better. Mm. Because the, the power of therapy is being able to teach people about their own body, their anatomy, their mechanics, giving the power back to the patient to help themselves. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I find joy in in being able to teach people about themselves, mm. how you stand, how you sit, how you lay down, what are all of those positions and things that we do on a daily basis? How do they impact your, your injury? How can you make them better? And, and really, just almost like in football, you create game plans. So if I'm feeling discomfort or pain in this situation, what can I do? I know for even myself, when you have discomfort, not knowing what to do is a difficult challenge. So I try to give people the opportunity to know how to help themselves. And I think that's the biggest part of therapy for me is just helping them learn how to restore themselves. So, Martin, let's go back to the beginning. Where did you grow <laughs> up? What your mom and dad do for a living? And how did physical therapy when did Cupid shoot you in the chest with an arrow where you said, yep, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. Take us back to the beginning. So I grew up in San Francisco in, in the Bay Area and moved to a small city called Hercules. My mom was a medical secretary and my father was a truck driver for Pepsi. Wow. Um, Not Coke. I, I Not Coke. That. He was a truck driver for Pepsi. That's it. Did you hear your whole life I, <clears throat> the difference between Coke and Pepsi from your dad? Absolutely. There was no <laughs> way I could ever have Coke. <laughs> Did you have brothers and sisters? For, I have a brother, yes. His name is Tommy. Um, so, you know, growing up, we, we loved sports. We, we loved Bay Area sports. And <laughs> I, I was a high school football player. I was a quarterback and a free safety and a punter and a kicker. So I pretty much never left the field. Wow. And one of my uh, friends got hurt on a play and was taken to the emergency room with a broken radius and ulna. Hmm. And when we went to go visit him, and he started doing therapy, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what I want to do. You get to help someone, you know, return back to their sport. Unfortunately, at the time, the doctor told this particular player he'd never play again. And so watching him return and get stronger and actually prove that doctor wrong was a huge highlight. And so from that point on, I, our school had offered an anatomy class, and I fell in love with it because for me it was tangible. I could touch it. I could feel it. It was what I had inside. Hmm. So it, it was sort of a, a love affair <laughs> of, you know, trying to, to better myself. And since I had played sports, and when you play sports, you get nicked up and dinged up, and you, you want to learn how to help yourself. Hmm. And so that's sort of where it all started. Did you have any game-winning throws? Uh, take, take me back to your high school where you're the star quarterback and you're playing every position on the team. What's the, the great memory you have? Did you win the state championship, city champion, with a throw, a touchdown? What happened? I, I wish I could say that. <laughs> but, um, for, the, <laughs> for the time, you know, back, back then, mm -hmm. um, we got an opportunity to play on national TV against De La Salle. Mm. So that was... Our highlight, unfortunately, we got beat. But just like in anything, you, you, you learn from, from sports. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest lessons I learned from, from football was meeting other people, having to work with other people. And I think that's one of the, the strengths I have because, you know, having to play different positions and having to encourage people. You mentioned the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Like earlier, th that is such a beautiful scene to watch somebody make the people around him better. Mm. And and that's what sports is all about. Mm -hmm. And to see him crying. He could not control Absolutely. the crying. That crying comes from battling back from injury from people like you who got him back into the game. I want to know where this all comes from in you. So we got to go further than your dad, the Pepsi truck driver, and your mom, <laughs> the medical secretary. How about your grandparents? 
Well, my my grandmother on my dad's side uh, was a very interesting woman. She owned her own uh, bait and tackle business ah! um, <laughs> in San Francisco back in the day. And my a mom, woman my owning dad, a bait and tackle shop. That's amazing. That's How did that happen? Yeah. You know, um, she moved from Michigan to San Francisco, and she was a very strong woman, and <laughs> she just did, she made it happen. <laughs> did she, when your game was on national television that you lost, which is only your humble nature <laughs> would even say that, and for you not admitting that there was any glorified great play also speaks to how beautiful a person you are. But I just want to know where this this compassion, this empathy that you have, which allows you to tap into people secretly in this invisible pattern. Like, where did it come from? So maybe your grandma. What about your grandparents, uh, your your grandpa? I mean, let's go. I need to go deep here. You know, it's funny. My grandpa on my mom's side, my, her dad, he uh, ran – the bookkeeping for Taka Airlines, which was the airline that serviced uh, El Salvador. That's where my mom is from. So, you know, I unfortunately didn't get to meet him, but I think the answer to your question really lies within my parents. Mm. Um, my dad made a decision to coach my brother and I in multiple sports. Mm. And I think the passion that he brought, the he, he left a legacy all of my friends still to this day always ask about my dad. Wow. Hey, you know, your dad coached me and this and that. And I think when you talk about a legacy to leave, that's sort of how I approach seeing patients is I want to leave a legacy of being that person to, you know, help someone to, to be the person that can get them back to whatever they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's sort of how I approach things. Hmm. When they walk in the room for the first time and you meet the patient, take, take us through what your eyes are seeing as you size them up. You see they're wearing sneakers versus shoes. They're wearing shorts versus long pants. Their posture. Teach us a little bit, Martin, about body language. Well, I think it starts from, you know, the moment I walk up to introduce myself, how are they sitting in the chair or are they standing? Um, like you mentioned, are they wearing flip-flops because we're in Hermosa Beach now or tennis shoes? And are they, are any of those things, are they supportive? Are they not? Um, how protective are they? Like as we walk back to one of the treatment rooms, all of those clues are in my mind going, okay, we got to check that. We got to check this. Let, let's see where all of this leads because someone may be, there to see me for a knee problem, but how their foot is striking the ground every time they walk could be a huge indicator why the knee pain is there. So it's it's looking at their posture. Are they, you know, more of an introvert? So I need to dial down how I talk, or are they more of an extrovert? Then we can, you know, joke around and have a little more fun. It's all picking up those clues as you spend time with somebody. And then it's important the questions that you're asking them. Mm. You know, what do they want to get back to doing? So for some people, it's I just want to be able to walk with my wife or with my husband, you know, down to the pier. Okay, well, then let's make these exercises or these things that we're doing in therapy relevant to that desire. Or, you know, people want to go back to gardening. Or the new thing right now for a lot of people is I want to learn how to play pickleball. Well, then when we're creating exercises to help you recover, I want to make it more relevant towards that pickleball game and, and you know, encouraging them to, to return back to the sport. Hmm. You're, I love this question. When they ask Kobe Bryant, you know, Kobe, at 40 years old, what would you tell Kobe Bryant, who was 17, if you could go back, what would you tell you? yourself when you was you know now at 40 the 17 year old Kobe Bryant I'm going to ask you that question if you were to go back in your beautiful career to the beginning what what have you learned what would you tell the the rookie 
therapist, physical therapist, Martin, that you now know? Um, I had a professor who, in, in physical therapy school, who would tell me to learn to listen to your patient because they'll tell you what they need. And I didn't really understand it at the beginning, but I've come to understand more of that. When you hear the things that help and don't help and time of day, you start to really understand, okay, this is what I need to work on. So I would probably tell myself, learn to listen to your patient because all too often as a therapist, sometimes we go through a checklist of questions that we feel like we need to get through, but we're not really listening to the patient. Well, does the pain, is it more in the morning, more in the midday, more in the afternoon? And you're writing it down, but you're not really listening to when the, the patient is describing what's going on. Mm. Therapists many times use the term, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, Martin. It's, this is such a treat for me. <laughs> that Thank you. The, the part of in Yiddish it's called a bubamainza, you know, these old wives tale, the poor old and the poor wives. I don't even know where they use that term from. Is that if there's no pain, there's no gain. To me, as an orthopedic surgeon, this phrase has ruined more shoulders, knees, hips, lower backs and necks than any other statement. No pain, no gain. Because we live in a society where they can buy Advil over the counter because it hurts. And they power through the pain that should actually have told the patient, stop it. Stop. Your body uniquely is telling you it hurts. Maybe your friend can do it. But if you are having pain, you should stop. So teach us, as only you can, how to manage pain and how to use it rather than try to snuff it out. Well, I think what you said, I agree with you. I, I think no pain, no gain has kept me very busy <laughs> over the last 20, 23 years. But it, it's a lot like our vehicles. When the warning light comes up on the car, if, if you ignore it and you continue to drive and continue to drive, you will impact other structures and other things. That pain is there for a reason. It could be that the muscles fatigued, overworked, um, something is strained, and it's time to take that that cue, that that warning light, and go. Okay, hold on. Before I continue further, I need to address this need. There's a difference between pain and working. You know, it could be work and it could be hard. So if you're working out and it's challenging that's one thing but as you start getting pain you have to stop and address that thing right then and there mm. otherwise it can get majorly hurt or you're going to involve other structures and you're going to go i don't understand it was just this in the beginning but now it's involving all these other places Martin, I have about a minute left, and it was a great honor in my life because you have taken care of me as a patient, which I can never thank you <laughs> enough. But I also had the pleasure of taking care of you as a patient with your big swollen prepatella bursa, which, by the way, I hope is okay, <laughs> right? It's fine? It is, it, is, it is all fine now. Thank you so much. <laughs> so it well, is Dr. really— Dr. real quick. Yeah. I, I just want to wish you a happy Father's Day, and I want to thank you for— the insight that you give to people. I think what, with what you do, you help people to understand themselves, sports, how, you know, you were talking about Randon earlier. You know, we have a lot of questions on how come somebody isn't getting back or why, how long are they going to be out for? And I think what you do every Saturday is such a blessing to help people to see not only what's going on with athletes, but what's going on within themselves. And so for me, I just, you're, you're a mentor of mine and, and I appreciate you and I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. And same to you, Martin. Uh, you know, I, you can't pick your relatives, but you can pick your friends and your colleagues and who you want to stay connected to. And I feel I've been blessed to be able to walk the earth knowing that you will be there right by my side. And you are. You may not physically be. Talk about invisible. You may not physically be in my office when I see patients, and I really don't care where they live. 
I look at them and I say, listen, you want to get better? Get in your car and you're going to have to drive. He used to be here, but now he's in Pasadena. You're going to have to go to Pasadena. Now I tell him, okay, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive to Hermosa Beach. Because I love being a surgeon. I love opening up the machinery that God made and fixing people. But I love even more getting them to be pain-free and getting their life back without surgery, which is why I write these books with Linda Yui. But you are the greatest asset that I can have in the non-surgical life that I like to leave. And I can't thank you enough. And I want to wish you a happy Father's Day as well. God bless you, Martin. And thanks so much for making time. And those people, the weekend warrior who heard you now, they're going to be coming. And I'm so excited to introduce you to them. Thanks so much. And God bless you, Martin. Thank you, Dr. Clapper. I really appreciate you. Okay. Say hi to your beautiful wife as well and to your kids. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll do a short segment, uh, Wilbert, and uh, then we'll get that last segment in. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I got to tell you where that invisible cue happens for food. When you walk in, you're overwhelmed by the vibe, by the invisible cue that makes you happy already. You haven't even put anything in your mouth yet. I'll tell you where that place is coming up next on the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not going to leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Poobah. The Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Thank you, Mary J. Blige. Therapy. What a beautiful concept. But it goes deeper than actually what you see with your eyes. True therapy is tapping into what's invisible. And for me, the greatest therapist for both mental, musical, through the sound waves, storytelling, writing songs, singing, was Fred Rogers. What a beautiful man he was. Life cut short. Stomach cancer. But a few months before he passes away, he gets invited to give a talk at Dartmouth. And I just want you to listen again to what this man teaches us. And then I'm going to tell you how it's meant so much to me. And two times in my life that my father clued me into something invisible that I think about to this day. But first, let's listen to Fred Rogers. By the way, the number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's listen to Fred Rogers. I have a lot of framed things in my office, which people have given to me through the years. And on my walls are Greek and Hebrew and Russian and Chinese. And beside my chair is a French sentence from Saint-Exupéry's Little Prince. It reads, L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. What is essential is invisible to the eye. So when I think, I thought back on today's show, knowing I'd be talking to Martin, 
knowing I wanted to see therapy in sports, in art, and in my life of surgery. But I also thought back on my time with my father. He was everything to me, and did he ever teach me about invisible cues and what matters that you couldn't see? And there's two beautiful examples I have. One was the very first time I got into an elevator with my father. I used to help him schlepping his tools from job site to job site. I never went to the gym. I just was schlepping power tools in big wooden boxes that he built. And I have the biggest triceps you're ever going to see from schlepping these tools. That's why I can paddle as a surfer forever. But I remember being in a building he was working on as a kid. The very first time I got in the elevator and he looked at me and says, Robbie, this is such a fantastic thing. I'm going, wow, we got into an elevator. I heard about that. I've never been. No, he was fascinated. He goes, Robbie, you know how elevators work? I said, yeah, you get in, you press the button, you go up. No. On the outside of the wall of the elevator are cables with large, heavy weights in the shaft of the elevator. Robbie, they don't need a big, strong motor on top to lift you up. It's working because of gravity, something that's invisible. The very same weight that enters the elevator, you and me, is matched by these weights that are in the elevator shaft. And all they do is lower or raise the weights, the, 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 the weights, raise or lower the weights to get you to go up or down in the elevator shaft in the elevator. I'm going, really? He goes, yeah. An elevator is so elegant in the use of balancing the weight and gravity. It's like, oh my God, that's unbelievable, Dad. And then there was another moment where he came to visit me at Columbia, where I went to college. It was awesome. He was so amazed that I got to go to this Ivy League school in Manhattan. He still couldn't understand how I figured out how to do this. And it was great when he came to visit me. And I remember this one day, we were walking around New York City. And he stopped. He goes, wow, Robbie, look. I'm going, what? Is there something magical? It's just a bunch of buildings and taxi cabs and people. No, Robbie, look. And he has me look up at the sky. I said, okay. It's a nice sunny day. What's, what, uh, what's so amazing? No, Robbie, look at the roof of that big building. Now look at the other building next to it and all the buildings. Look up, Robbie. And what do you see? I said, oh, I just see the blue sky in the top of the building. No. Look at the water towers. So I defy you. Go on Google. Look at the roofs of every building in Manhattan. When you walk up and down the avenues and the streets, there's a wooden water tower that holds the drinking water for the entire building. 50-story building, 100-story building, they're there. And I remember my father saying, Robbie, it's amazing to get water into the sink of every one of those apartments requires no energy. I said, really? He says, yeah. They have a very tiny little pump that pumps the water to the roof of the building. But once the water is up there, they store it in that water tower. They no longer need a pump. Gravity will actually get the water to flow beautifully into everyone's apartment without a pump. And my father just thought, 
that there was such beauty in this invisible energy, gravity. Whether it's an elevator or drinking water in New York. And you know what? Thanks to this show and Fred Rogers, it allowed me to think back on here's a guy who never went to college. My father, DeWitt Clinton High School. But he could observe things that were so powerful, like gravity. Everybody else is just walking up and down that street. Nobody's looking up at the top of those buildings. Nobody cares how the water gets into the sink. My father did. So a great joy for me in doing this show is I get to think back on all those moments I had with him and what was going through his mind. The invisible cues. Fred Rogers is exactly right. What's essential in life is those invisible cues. When you walk in a room and the vibe. And when you walk into a bakery, particularly one I'm going to tell you, you're going to be able to feel that vibe. Coming up next, take some calls, tell you what I'm going to be doing next week. And I got to tell you where that bakery is. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon to be a major motion picture. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Matchbox 20. Unwell. Awesome. You need some therapy, Matchbox 20. That's the answer. All right, let's take some calls. Got to tell you about next week, and I got to tell you where that invisible cue in food is. Uh, let's go to Stuart. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Stuart, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, yeah, I'm an electrician. Get out of here. Yes, sir. Have you ever been shocked that you've been thrown across the room? <laughs> no, sir. Then you I got ain't a pickle, but that's about it. Yeah, well, you're a, you're either not an electrician or you're a very, very good one. Because if you're a real electrician, you'll say, "Oh yeah, I had that happen once where I touched the wrong wire and it went flying across the room." Oh yeah, I got a little tickle, but not too bad. <laughs> How young are you, and what's your father do for a living? Uh, I'm a 38. I'm 38 years old, and my dad is a maintenance technician. Oh, so you kind of went into the family business there. Good for you, Stuart. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Compton, California. Nice. Did you go to Compton High School? No, sir. I went to school in Cerritos. Okay. Because I am good friends with Marcellus Wiley. Whenever I hear Compton, that's all I think of is Marcellus. I just miss him and love him. And uh, all Yeah, those, he switched over. All those years that I worked here and he was here were so special and I'm still in touch with him but he's really uh, all of Compton should be so proud of their son Marcellus Wiley how can I help you Stuart what's up oh yeah so I had surgery in 2018 on my lower back my L405 yes that's one yes and uh, right before I was in a lot of pain I ended up getting an epidural in my back Mm. The next day, I lost feeling in my calf. Oh, God. And I could I had no more strength in my calf. So I went through, I ended up having surgery in December, and they said it should come back over time. Hopefully, it comes back over time. It's been four years, and now I still have no feeling in my calf. I, have, I only can lift like 30 pounds in my right calf. All right, Stuart, I want you to do me a favor. Strength back in my leg. Have you listened to the show before? Yes. You love Clapper Vision? Yes, sir. I want, I'm going to do you a solid, okay? That's what we said in Far Rockaway. I don't even know if they use that term anymore. They, we used to okay. say if a girl was pretty, we'd say she's a fox. I don't think they use that term anymore either. 
particularly, I'm probably not allowed to say Fox when I'm working for ESPN, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so I'm going to do you a solid right now. You got a pencil? Write this name down. He's at Cedar sinai and you need his opinion, okay? You got to do me a favor. Okay. I need to help you. You're a good man, and I'm going to help you. And you call his office, okay. and you tell him, who gave you our name? How do you know to come here? You tell him I'm Dr. Clapper's cousin. They'll go, Dr. Clapper's got a lot of cousins. But you tell him you're my cousin because I don't know how long it'll take to get an appointment. His name is Hunt, H-U-N-T, like going hunting. His first name is Leonel. I love this guy. He needs to take a look at you. Maybe he needs to get a new MRI, and he will fix whatever you got in there that's broken. All right? Got it. Now, you're a, to- you're a total stranger to me, Stuart. I need you to go find a total stranger today. Go do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. You will be finally be taken care of with someone to give you good information. How's that? Yeah, that works for me. I got you. All right, young man. God bless you, and if I need an electrician, I'm calling you. All right, definitely. You got my number. Because you know how this works. I can do orthopedics. You can do electricians. Yes, sir. Okay, young man. Keep in touch. Let me know what happens. All right? You can call back. Thank you. All right. God bless you. And happy Father's Day. All right, Warriors. Next week, what a joy. I'm going to have a great general surgeon whose expertise is in the world of sports hernias. What's a sports hernia? Is that different than a regular hernia? Yes, it is. A sports hernia means the six-pack muscle, better known as the rectus abdominis, has ripped off the bone of your pelvis, and it's painful. It happens in soccer players a lot. It happens in football players a lot. Now they call it core muscle surgery, but it's better known as a sports hernia. And my guest, this general surgeon at Cedars, Neil Joshi, is going to be my guest I just love when I'm doing my work, when I have a break in between surgeries, just to walk past and he's in another operating room and I pop my head in and watch the master at work. He's amazing. And I want him to teach us about sports hernias and that unique core muscle tear that you get. And it reminds me of how important and strength comes from layering. Your belly And the guts are held in place by your core muscles, but they're not just a single muscle. They're muscles that go in all different directions, transverse, oblique, vertical, the rectus abdominis. It's awesome how the layering of the muscles work. So where in art and where in sports do we see the power of layering? Well, when you make a baseball, it's wool that's layered underneath that leather baseball. And what about in music? Brian Wilson meets the Beatles and George Martin. I can't wait. And where do you go for that invisible cue for food? Good Time Donuts in Ventura. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio. Until then, I leave you with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying. And thanks for joining me each and every Saturday.